<laughs> we did it yeah we're here can you believe it it's amazing it's awesome nate lewis man thank you so much thank for you, doing nate. this oh man it's my pleasure this yeah. is exciting man it's thank awesome. you guys we, for having me we've already raved about you we told the audience i mean we talked about so many heavy subjects already as it pertains to like the subject matter of what you fight it against every single day but let's give the audience just a quick like one two three rundown of like your story, where you started, you know, kind of like, like a pre-operation underground railroad. Yes. So we, we're going like to dive that. deep into this season of your life. Yeah. But give us, I mean, it would take a hundred dinner conversations, but give us, <laughs> yeah. you're a dude that's done major Hollywood productions. You've, you've lived by yourself in the middle of Alaska. Give yeah. us some tapestry of your background before, oh, before what your work today. Well, I grew up, I was a writer, right? I wrote poetry as a kid. I know it probably doesn't sound like too manly. I didn't know this. But uh, then I started in music and wrote music, and I I loved storytelling, and I was so moved by so many of these true stories, these movies that impacted me or opened my, um, I guess, uh, just my concept of of, of, of different life pieces and aspects. And so I don't know, something just happened and I just decided I was gonna go to film school. I went to film school, moved to LA. I had a little bit of luck and I did a lot of hard work. And And that's out of Coeur d'Alene, you started here in- Well, no, I started Washington. Washington. I grew up in Washington, went to school in Washington, headed to LA. Oh, right after right okay. 2000, the millennium just crushed. And then I was like, all right, let's go. Yeah. The world's going to end in 2000. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Why 2 You know, and, uh, and then, yeah, I went down there and just, yeah, like I said, I had a little bit of luck, little breaks. And then um, just started just started traveling the world. I spent about 16 years around the world on location and working on some of the biggest movies in the world and meeting some of the most amazing people. I had my first real life experience in 2004 in the Sahara Desert. Uh, on the on the border of Malaysia where I saw firsthand like what real poverty is and I've lived yeah. all over like I've seen people in Vietnam and Thailand that are poor but yeah. in the Sahara where you don't have water and rain and vegetation to mm. feed animals or any kind of I mean it's hard it's like living on the moon man mm. it's the right. only time I've ever felt real quiet when we were in the middle of these sand dunes and there's I hadn't seen an airplane yeah. in three and a half months and there's no flies there's no bugs there's no plants there's no wind blowing leaves wow. and it was yeah. just like hard to survive yeah, it was pretty hard. It's pretty hard, but those people are so happy. And I think mm. that that was like the initial like plant in my head. Like, mm. man, it changed my life so much that I wanted to help change people's lives someday. I didn't know when I started my own nonprofit. But that was the seed. Yeah, it really was. And, yeah. and I knew that, um, you know, I had a moment where my life was, look at all these things that I don't have. Yeah. And it switched to look at all these things that I have, mm. you know, in that moment. And uh, it just gave me a different perspective and look on life. And I knew that, Kids, you know, the organization I want to start was to help fight like suicide and, and teenage mm. suicide. And, yeah. and uh, these kids who, you know, life can be tough, right? Like it really can be. But when you have life just stripped away from you and you see the rawness and, and you can still find happiness with very little. What a uh, gift. It was, it was, it was an eye-opening experience. And then it went to my Alaska thing, you know, which is 20 years later where I was kind of surviving off of the land in a sense for over 100 days and, and being alone which, you know, you guys yeah. know that story yeah, and yeah. certain things. and But then that also made me realize just how little I needed because then I had accumulated a yeah. lot by then, 20 years this later. This is after you'd produced many Hollywood films and... Some. Some, yeah. yeah. But I'd been a part of, I don't even know, 50 
feature films. Yeah. Very oh, active yeah. in the world. Can you just name yeah. a few? Just give some context. Yeah. Uh, started with Sahara was back in the day, uh, the Italian job. I worked on oh, cool. Planet of the Apes. Love War that. for the Planet of the Apes was one of my favorite just because of the technology and stuff. Yeah. Uh, did a TV series called Person of Interest for a couple remember of that. years. Yeah. yeah, in New York. Uh, I don't know. I can't even remember. No, it's good. There's so uh, many. Yeah. So, are, yeah, right at the top, bottom line. Yeah, he's yeah. working with the best. I, dive into the Alaska thing. I know we heard that story, but what? So I, uh, I obtained the rights to a book, um, a true story about the Alaska Scouts during World War II when yeah. ja the Japanese invaded Alaska and occupied it for over a year. But our, our anyways, it's called Castner's Cutthroats. You can check it out. But uh, Colonel Castner enlisted a bunch of like wilderness wise men who yeah. were able to live off the land and survive because our army wasn't equipped to do it. Um, mm -hmm. But just didn't have the, mm. the clothes and stuff. They were dying and more, more even though it was a... The Battle of Attu is what ended it, and right. it was the second bloodiest war in the Pacific in World War II. Uh, we lost more men to the weather than we did to that battle. Wow. So there's there's a lot of cool things in there about survival and just like the culture of Native Alaskans, like Native American. Yeah, right. uh, and it's just fascinating and, and what the culture was back in the 40s, you know. And mm. so you're It's not a war that? movie. Yeah, yeah, I did. Trying to relive yeah. Well, I felt like if I'm if I'm writing from perspective of these guys, and I had all their journals and yeah. letters yeah. and stuff, but and were, in order for me to have the firsthand perspective of <laughs> what it was like, and I could never know what that was like to be yeah. at war, but I had to go be alone. Oh. And I had to In the middle of Alaska. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had, you know, day three or four i had like an encounter with a bear like did, did you yeah. document this? this yeah i, okay, did. I did so i have a well, i'm not going to get into all that i'm not here to promote <laughs> that but i had a, yeah. a blog but i videoed all cool. this stuff and did the behind Amazing. the scenes of all this and oh, wow. and uh it was it was it was definitely life-changing let's just yeah say so it. what was the moment in, in in off in the wilderness by yourself in one of the harshest conditions on planet earth so like where's that pivotal oh. moment when you're breaking you're literally breaking because i imagine oh. you must have the first one was that day probably around 20 something where i ran out of thoughts <laughs> You ran out of thoughts. I ran out of thoughts, you know, because you just sit That's and think, awesome. yeah. you know, and you're just like, oh, you think about yeah. this and think about that. And then I just, huh. wow, there's thoughts. Are, I've already thought every thought it seemed like. Yeah. But then it was probably like day in the 80s and it started raining. It rained for 17 days straight, but I went into a Jesus. really, really difficult place wow. for me mm. mentally. And, um, and I had a little breakdown, but I knew I could make it to day 100. I thought I'd make it way past 100 easy. But those the last like 19 days were really tough for me mentally yeah. and, and emotionally, emotionally for sure. Dude, I was alone. That's yeah. hard. Humans are made to interact know, with people and, yeah. and being alone. It was fighting that feeling day after day. And you're struggling too. There's hard, it's hard. You know, I think I mentioned you guys like the, the pain in your stomach and I'm not talking about hunger. Like there's people who dealt with way more yeah, hunger yeah, than I did, yeah. but I mean, I was eating nuts and stuff to just, as Advil to hurt to kill off the pain in my yeah. stomach from hunger. Yeah, yeah. But I was alone, man. And I, I knew in that moment, this was pivotal for me in my life. It's just why I am where I am today. Yeah, wow. My priority leading up to that point was my career, right? And every yeah. success and all, all in. Yep. Now all in, I was single, didn't have kids, just killing it, reaching 40 years old, yeah. man. I was like living the life. Yeah. I really, truly was living the life, which is coincidentally today. We were already talking like, I feel I'm at the peak of yeah. my life now. Yeah. And it was because, I knew at that moment, I don't ever want to be alone again. Yeah. And what happened inside of my brain, which I subconsciously, I didn't even know this was going to happen, was that my priority shifted to being open to closing down a career that I'd spent two decades building because my next career was going to be a dad. 
and a husband yeah. husband, pursuing you know? a higher oh, that's beautiful power, 100% higher. And, and and then oh man I get chills thinking about Vision. it but then it happened like not not long after I met my now wife and this was just another crazy cool story but now I'm here and I knew like we tried to do the long distance thing like I would go on location for yeah. months at a time and I saw how that worked in the past you know it didn't yeah, yeah. it never yeah. worked and um and I knew that this was now important to me yeah. and uh real connection yeah, yeah and I wanted to come real home commitment. from work and see my wife yeah. and eventually see kids and be a dad mm. and it's interesting how the commitment you made to I mean first of all we talked about going all in and what drawing a line and going all in really looks like I mm. mean let's just jump for that split second to his career He's, you know, he's in this moment because he's trying to produce a good result. And so what does he do? He goes and lives and breathes the thing he's trying to create. Like, so that's just a level number one of commitment that's rare. But beyond that, it's funny that that commitment is what got you to commit oh, to your that. wife. It's like you you pursue yeah. You don't know until you like bleed yeah. out. Like yeah, that's my definition of bleeding. Man. Like You have oh. to pursue a star, or star, some at the peak. And then it gives you the privilege to see the real star. Yeah, it's you know cool. I mean? like, how many people like, never do that? They never do that thing that gets them in touch with like the shit yeah. that really matters. Because like I, I we yeah. know the journey he's on and, and we see this pivotal moment in his life. But imagine yourself cutting yourself off from society for a hundred days in the middle of the Alaskan yeah. wilderness, like with no con. people, no connection. Go do that. Try to do that. That's I can't imagine. I've, amazing, done, I've done like one month meditation retreats. But there's other people around. Yeah, it's you only have a month. human interaction. It, it, I can't. It's just conceptual. Yeah. What you must. It's have. almost like I a didn't. Uh, it wasn't a hundred percent alone, like solid one hundred yeah, days. Yeah, but, yeah. but for the most part, like like part of the research I was doing was to learn that the indigenous cultures. So, and the story took place of about an eighteen year old Eskimo. Wow. Well, I happened oh, to be sure. run into one of those kids who was suicidal. Wow. And his story is crazy too. He's still close friends with me. I still keep in touch with That's the guy. And we cruised for like a week or two together. Okay. And uh, I learned That's so awesome. much. You know what? Yeah. I forgot what it was like to be 18. Yeah. And you get to see 40. 18. Oh yeah. I was pushing 40 at this yeah. time. And, and you see these little things that I don't do anymore. What I did when I was 18, yeah. you know, like he would just be like kind of laying there and you just start singing his the yeah. songs in his dialect and in the, the language and stuff. And, and I just thought that was so neat as like an age. Cheerful, yeah. cheerful innocence. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. Cheerful innocence. You know, yeah. we get jaded or whatever as yeah. we grow older or whatever is stripped from Whistling us. Whistling while you work. And stuff. Yeah. yeah totally. And so I did have interaction. Like he was, he was phenomenal. Yeah. He taught me so much. Like I remember taking him to, um, we were on the kidnapping insulin. I took him to Pizza Hut and we ordered a pizza and he was like, what is this? And I was like, it's a mushroom. He's like, oh, what's this? Oh, it's a green pepper. He's like, wow. He'd never seen those. He's American, you know, uh, like that happens in like Africa and Asia, yeah, you know, like, yeah. the, but still they probably see things. So it was just yeah. an eye opening experience. And then I have so many stories about him and like buying him shoes, you know, he never had a brand new pair of shoes. And where's his family? Were they around? North, North, like Prudhoe Bay. So Alaska. He was on at 18. Oh, very young age. He was on a, his, that's a cool story. Yeah. He, you should have him on your podcast go. where he had to literally survive when his uncle and dad, they were out on a camping trip. Um, grandfather, died by the the ice broke and it took him away and he was 12 years old and he had to navigate his grandmother and him back to their village wow. like oh my God. and then hit like what went through with that and then he tried to save his two-year-old niece from drowning and ice the ice the water kills people alaska's death around every corner if you don't know that yeah but his story and then what he had to go through and then they you know he psychologically was hurt and so they sent him wow. off to these boys 
schools, like in Fairbanks and different places. And he never had a real good mentor in his life. Mm-hmm. And, and he stumbles um, upon you in the, in the wilderness. Oh, bro, we still keep in touch <laughs> today. Cool, we'll, keep in touch. we'll have to have him on. Oh, what a story. Oh, he's, he's amazing. Now he's a firefighter uh, up in Alaska. It's amazing. And, uh, it's cool. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah. It's really cool. Sort of. I don't know how we got there. Just, yeah, you're just telling but, us the journey, the impact, yeah. the things are important. I mean, well, you, the, went, the, you went from hanging out with like Matt Damon to now you're in the wilderness, like really looks, sounds to me like you're figuring out the purpose of life. Amen. So yeah. Yeah. start with, so that led you to your wife, really. Yeah. yeah. Start mm-hmm. there, man. Cause you're, it's fun to know the backstory with Operation Underground Railroad. Yeah, we're building Your there. wife's support and yes oh. was pivotal for you. And I oh. want, I'd love for you to unpack that. Like yeah. tell us about her and, oh, and where you are man. with her. Where do I start? <laughs> I wouldn't be who I am and would not even come close to the success, not mm-hmm. only personally, but for the organization without her. Yeah. yeah. Insane. It's a, wow. it's beyond what I even would have dreamed to pray for. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like, and I said that when we met and I was praying for different things back then, Yeah, you know, and she surpassed all those mm-hmm. prayers and ideas and thoughts that I had. And now it's even more insane. Like yeah. she's, I don't like the word cheerleader because she's definitely not a cheerleader. She is a, um, I don't know, passionate, inspirer, and enthusiast. She's your me. champion. Yeah. 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 Oh, she's she's yeah. better well, than me at yeah. making me great. I, I would say this. If you're married and you come home and you're in a career that's flourishing, you have a bit of fame, you're hanging around some of the most successful people on planet Earth, literally celebrities at the, at the A-list level, and you come home and say, hey, honey... I think I'm going to drop my entire career, our whole way of being, everything we know, all the security. And I think I'm going to go pursue this endeavor of saving children. Like just knowing that we're connecting to that dot, a little foreshadowing here, but like how many women out there look in your own life. If you close your eyes and you imagine your wife right now or your husband for that matter, it doesn't matter or your significant other who it's irrelevant, but how many people out there could say that their spouse the person they love would, would be all in on such a bizarre concept. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, like, you know, it's, yeah. think about that. Like, hold on, you're doing what? The sacrifice. Yeah, I don't think you can yeah. do that without a team member that it gives you the courage to like really say yes to your gut and your instincts. Oh, she has never said no. What when I was like, you know what? There's this special, there's this thing it's rare. coming up. I just don't know. She's like, of course you should. You need yeah. to be there. The, the, the result, if you don't go, is that kids remain yeah. in suffering and in, trafficking situations. So, so you obviously got exposed to Operation Underground Railroad. I mean, Tim Bauer, we've talked about, I've talked about him earlier. He's, I'm, he's like a hero of mine. <laughs> Love this guy. Yeah, I'm so excited yeah. to be near like a piece of his world. Yeah. Nate, Nate's well, awesome. You met him. We I know. To, yeah, yeah man. I got to hug him. <laughs> there's a movie right now coming out. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a, very a, soon. Jim Caviezel's playing him. Yeah. Mel Gibson is producing it, correct? Uh, Mel is, a, he did a, he did an edit. Okay. I so thought I heard it. Regardless, this story about Tim Bauer's life is going to be coming yeah. out live. So, very cool. Well, it, that's a great segue. So how did I learn about yeah. OUR was Jim Caviezel was a really close friend of mine. I worked closely with him for a decade. Real quick, for people that don't know OUR, give us the, the, the 10 second mission of OUR, just uh, in case exist, there's someone doesn't know. Yeah. So Operation Underground Railroad exists to rescue children from modern day slavery okay. with a focus on sex trafficking. Sex trafficking. Got it. But, you know, yeah. we, also, we also will rescue women, men, yeah. children. Yeah. We're, our, we, when we go after children, we're not going to leave a, a, an adult yeah. 100% behind. It's been yeah, so. tortured for years, most likely. Yeah. They, they worked their way into adulthood by being slaves. Yeah. And yeah. Jim, Jim played a role in you going there? Well, yeah. So Jim uh, <coughs> plays Tim Ballard in this movie, yeah. The Sound of Freedom, was coming out this summer. And uh, he was like, Nate, 
you got to come down here to Columbia. We're filming this movie about this real life superhero, Tim Ballard, and he was sending me videos. And I was like, this can't be real. Yeah, did this you think you were going to go work for them? <clears throat> no, well, I, I considered like, it, but like, there was Zika viruses going on. I was trying to have kids. <laughs> we were okay, like, no yeah. way, we're not going. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, not living in the that. country. Yeah. Okay. Right, but yeah, so yeah, he had asked me to come There's down. There's an opportunity for your business to do something. Okay, yeah. well, that was actually the turning point because that was the first job I said no to. <laughs> wow, that was the first job. I got married. I just got married in May, and Jim was like in June saying, "Hey, come yeah, with me." And then I'm good. we got pregnant in September. Yeah, yeah, okay. resorted priorities yeah. right there. Yeah, 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 right. And it was literally the first time I said no yeah. in my life to, yeah. to a career opportunity. Yeah, which I thought I was saying no to something, but in the end, it comes back to me as a huge yes. So my wife. We started watching this stuff, and we're like, man, this guy's amazing. Yeah. Tim Ballard. Tim. Research My him. wife, is, you know, I'm not really on social media, but she started following OUR and Tim, and she would keep me updated. Like, yeah. it's insane. It's, it's a man doing. on a mission. Oh, buddy. Undeniable. Beyond. You don't know like, Tim Ballard. You please know him. It's insanity, man. It's insanity. He's so, doing God's work. So, yeah, anyways, just small circles, whatever. We get introduced. I was the face of a company with a couple million followers and they invited me down to do yeah, no big deal. Tim and, and uh, <laughs> so I met Tim and I met the people and it was the people there. The mission is undeniable, right? Rescuing kids from sex trafficking. Yep. Sounds cliche almost, you know, yeah, like, right? oh yeah, like, but people don't get it. Well, we'll get into it. Yeah. But when I went down there and I met the people, I had this weird feeling that was mm. holding me there. It was like really this, a real magnetic like feeling. Mm. I started telling my wife about it when she's like, how'd it go? And, yeah, this ain't work. This is and something she's different. like, wait, we're not moving to Salt Lake, man. Like, there's no way. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just we got our dream. Going yeah, we're on. good. He's here like, in beautiful North Island. I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's that first instinct. Come on, we're good. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, so we ended up uh, the company I was working for, who are still we're actually doing a huge sponsorship and, and thing going on right now as we yeah, speak. Cool. Um, but they uh, they had the CEO out from Operation Underground Railroad, and he came out, and we were just ended up talking in the parking lot. We, might have went to a gun range or something like that. Okay. He used to shoot some guns. So you're in. Uh, the guy. So we were just sitting in the parking lot, and for some reason, like, hey, you want to come do some contract work for OUR? And I was like, no, I'm good, man. I'm living the dream right now. I'm home. Yeah. Yeah. I'm done traveling. Got family. And, oh yeah, buddy. You know. No, I'm good. And then, all right, good seeing you. And we turn and separate ways, and I'm almost to my car, and he's almost to his. And oh man, I didn't even decide this. It just happened. It was this like. I turned around and threw up words. Like, wow. what's a real job look like? Yeah. I was like, what did I just say? It's that one sentence, <laughs> yeah, that, that one wow. sentence that connected this whole story to like why we're here. What's a real job yeah. look like? Oh man. What's a real and job look like? And then I thought, man, my wife's gonna kill me if he really comes back with something. And uh, <laughs> That's he's like, like let's go to lunch on Monday. And we did, and he dropped this proposal on me. And How magnetic is he at lunch? <sighs> yeah, he's, well. His energy's different. Well, Tim Ballard's energy is uh, out of this world. It's different. It's it's, it's it's divine. Oh, big time. Yeah. Big time. But yeah. So my wife asks me what's going on. I kind of give it to her, and I'm thinking for sure she's out on this one because we have this ideal situation, and the first words out of her mouth is no-brainer. Wow, dude. No-brainer. 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 Like Going a, to work for OUR. And so were, were you were you looking for, were you hoping that she would give you that burst of confidence to go pursue this kind of vague, scary thing? Uh, no, because there was so much unknown about OUR to me, and I was still a myth. I was loving what I was doing, man. Yeah. Travel I mean, and the, all so of everything. But I were, so were you sort of hoping that she would put up? You know, we're good. Let them well, do, I, I, let I, them I do that. that. Was going to be her answer. Yeah, let them do that. It's yeah. A, it, you well, know. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I know where you're going with this yeah. one. Uh, I, I just. Uh, That's not what she said, though. It's not what she said. No. She's like, yeah. This is what you're how supposed many, to do. How yeah. many times do people? 
uh, resist or ignore that like inner divine nudge you had walking back to that car. <sighs> oh, it's like, like you it's know, the difference. Life maker. often comes down to just a moment and trusting yeah. an inspiration. One that moment comes from something beyond you. One That's moment. the feeling I get in your stories. Like hundred percent. And of course, talking to you before the whole operation underground railroad, you could just feel there's, there's God's hand in it. There's a presence to it far beyond any individual. Yes. It's that's, clear. It just that's why exploiting that this part of the story is so important. Like we're chewing it up right now for a reason, because how many people in their lives have these pivotal moments and they take the easy path, the one that's comfortable, the one, you know what I mean? They take the, the, the more common path. Like very few people actually dig deep in those moments. And those are the moments that change the outcome of your life. They change your deathbed. We've talked a lot about yeah, that, yeah. that whole notion of this whole man on a mission. We want to get to our deathbed in a way, a certain type of way. We all want it, but you, that means you can't keep passing these Nate Lewis moments up. Well, you know, what's interesting about what you're saying too, is that in the moment you think it's going to be what it is. Yeah. And then in, down the road, it's, it's totally, you, you look back and go, yeah. it's, oh, shit. Yeah. it's completely, yeah, you don't know. Yeah, how was jump. that? How was that for you then? Like, oh, I, you know, I thought, oh, I'm going to go do something that's noble. I'm yeah, going to cool. help rescue kids, blah, blah. Yeah. And then to see the impact, I feel like sometimes I've been saved and rescued oh. in a sense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. man, when that's you powerful. get to go see, that's what I'm looking for. Bro. Me. I want that. Yeah. <laughs> I've had insane experiences in my life and met the most incredible humans I've never, ever seen a relationship. When you see a child mm. unite with the rescuer in that relationship is unlike any other relationship in the world. There's yeah. no relationship, no mother, child, mm. sibling, friend, groomsman. I don't care mm. what relationship you can think of. Mm. When you look at the rescuer and the rescuee in that relationship that they have now and that bond forever, wow. you're like a prayer that was answered or whatever it's beyond mm, that even. it's beyond i'm getting know? i'm getting like, chills as i like think about that feeling that's you're right it, it, there's nothing like it in the world someone that's been in it the most innocent thing on planet earth that's being tortured by hell by the devil mm. and you are its savior like you don't you're not well, looking the, at yourself the, as a savior you're just that's right. you're just doing the thing that. like doing the, the type of work you're that, on but, your at the end of the day like you know how does she yeah. look at you or he look at you yeah dude like i i mean wow what's profound well it's hard to explain it wild you yeah. have to experience it yeah I, I this is a good moment to challenge people like like as, as we go along on this journey with you like just take these key moments to pause for a minute like think about like just that baby that child mm -hmm. that innocent soul and you just did some noble act that like saved it from like hell like ripping apart its little soul whatever's left there to right. save like you found a way in like there's not a lot of people that are doing anything worthwhile with their time. They're bitching a lot. They're complaining a lot. They're mad at the TV, but they're not doing anything in their local economy, in their own community, in their own neighborhoods. They're just kind of complaining a lot. So here's a great example of someone at the highest level that is going in and like maybe like doing one of the most probably profound things on planet Earth because there's nothing more precious than innocence. And if you don't have innocence, you don't have freedom. We, we hey, were talking man, about well that said. earlier, like this show, Man on a Mission, like you're not a woman. You're not a man if you're not protecting innocence. 100%. Like that gospel. It's like, part of the human condition. Exactly. You've yeah. got to protect innocence. You ever looked in the, in the eyes of just an animal even? Innocence is, is mm -hmm. it's everywhere. It's mother nature is innocence. There's power, there's strength. But like you look into the soul of like an animal. I should tell you a mushroom story some other time. 
<laughs> but I'll, it's funny. Give but us the conclusion. <laughs> you look into the eyes of innocence on mushrooms, like in, in an experience yeah, yeah. situation. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know how to describe it. It was one of the most profound yeah. moments of my life where I felt like I was understanding innocence at a level yeah. that I could never comprehend. And it was inadvertent. Yeah. I was young and, and dumb and stupid and in college, you know, and, but it yeah. was one of these profound, odd moments in my life. But I remember having a connection with innocence that I think probably changed the direction of my life forever. I remember thinking after that was done that my life will never be the same. And it just really gave me meaning at a young age from a bizarre experience, mm. but it all had to do with innocence. And this just happened to be through the eyes of a little chihuahua, that, <laughs> but, but it, I'm yeah. relating it to anything innocent. It was this kindred spirit and soul that it must be protected. It's so precious. It's, you know what I mean? I, yeah, that's that hard to describe. A, that tees up a profound question <laughs> for Nate, because I, I had a mentor, a psychiatrist. He he once said, "Look, if you because he obviously a psychiatrist works with everybody in the pits yeah. of everything." And he was like, "If you can relocate and retain innocence, you'll you can get you through anything." Hmm. And there was in our earlier conversations with Nate, I remember some stories you talked about where, if you could just unpack that for the listeners, one of one of your stories about like you were so moved by the innocence and the joy in these kids who've been through hell. Oh, yeah. that was like yeah. That's that it really hit me. Like, can you mm. can you unpack that a bit for yeah. people to get the frame of that? Yeah, um, yeah. That was that was that was the light switch moment for me. Like, I'm never going back. So you had a light switch moment. Okay, here we go. It's, it's, I'm never going. Got back. it. It's this is what I do the rest of my life. So you're exploring. So, so you're I'm, in. I'm now on a mission. The mission starts. I thought I was on a mission. Like, hey, I took the job for this reason. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Noble, I'm, I'm very noble. Through it. Yeah. Six months later, dropped in. Here we go. Uh, God, I, I, this amps me up. I get, I have <laughs> I'm so juiced by this because like, wow, what a life. Like what, this well, is what you should pursue man. in life is a, real significance. Yeah. Bro, I think last time we, we were talking, you asked Can't me, or you asked me what gets you up in the morning in life. Yeah. And this is where I go. Damn. And we were in, um, well, we got some intel like four or five days before we were planning on doing like a three week trip in Northern Africa. Yeah. And you're um, in Africa. Unfortunately, we're getting some pictures and some updates of some kids and the siblings who had been decapitated. And I don't know how, how, how rated can I get here? Like, yeah, just tell do the it. story. No, no, no. You got to do it. All right. You have so, to. You have to tell the story. Well, this is just truth. I'm just going to share some truths here. And so yeah. um, it's kind of kind of messed up, you know, when you see it on a phone and this and that. It's not real, but it's messed up. And yeah. then uh, it's tragic. <laughs> yeah, we head over. We're. Uh, in, in a northern part of Africa, and we're, we're working with survivors. We're going in and reuniting. That was my first moment to see this rescuer and the rescuee relationship happen. Like, it was my first moment with that, and yeah. just profound things that took place. That was the like, hey, every tragedy is yeah. tomorrow's testimony. Oh, Remember yeah. that? Yeah. I was telling you about that. That happened, and all these things were occurring. And then we go, and uh, Jessica Mass, who's one of the most amazing women in our organization in the world, she's a our chief after shout out to officer. Jessica. Yeah, dude, she's if you ever have an, you want to have a powerful three day conversation. Cool. Wow, we're gonna find her anyway. So she's uh, like preparing me, right? She knows. Mm. Hey, we're gonna go to this uh, this place on Sunday. You know, as these children have survived sacrifice from witch doctors and stuff like. Did that. Did that even hit you when you hear that? Because okay, there's Not they're really. sacrificed like. Is this, is this real? Like, it, what? Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, the normal people in America, like, you probably can't comprehend, no. like, some statement. Like, okay, we're going to, this is, there's child sacrifice going on here. Like, what? Like, yeah. whoa, hold on. Wait a minute. Like, you have to back up. Like, how do you digest that not knowing what you're about to walk into? 
Well, you don't. It's a thought. You don't. It's, a, yeah, it's, it's words. Concept, it's just yeah. words at that it's point. Abstract, yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. That's Jesus. Can, yeah. Wow. Play. Pray the Lord. Oh, man. So so going in there, I'd already experienced, you know, like, dang, man, this is, there's some it's tough heavy. stuff this going on here, right? And um, I look at her as we're about to go in and I was like, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. Like, it's a home of kids who've been mutilated and chopped up and it's mm. a bad deal, right? Like, I'm picturing my mind what I'm walking into. Mm. And we walk in and uh, almost instantaneous. I mean, you got to remember, it's not America. This is third world. So the, mm-hmm. it's not to what we're used to, yeah. you know. And um, this little girl, um, Della is her name. And she just lights up. Like, mm. she just lights up. Mm. And <laughs> How old we don't she? speak. Oh, man, she must have been About. like three or four. We got to set old. the scene here. We got a three, three-year-old little girl. Yeah, beautiful. You come in and there she is. Yeah, there's like 15 kids <laughs> there, but she's the one that yeah. s- spoke to your soul. Boom, yeah. smile, light up, which was a shock to me. I was like, wait, what? I thought I was coming into this yeah. child sacrifice. Yeah, which yeah. I was, but it's a child. And she's, and she's smiling. Her eyes are wonder, yeah. bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she Their starts reality. doing certain things. I'm recording us like with my phone and she's doing some of the same things that my kid was doing at the same time. But uh, by the way, at this time I had a one month old. Talk about my wife being a hero. Wow. Leave for three weeks after found, you know. And uh, found. so I'm, I'm attaching all these things to it back home and, and then these other boys and we're playing games and jumping around. And I, I, the only way I can even explain this is the laughter echoed off the walls. <laughs> they were just laughing like kids mm, laugh. Mm. You know, and it made me think about like, man, even the situation that they're in, like you're still a child. And the child's world is so different than us. We can't go back and look through the eyes of the chihuahua. It's hard for us to go back and look through the eyes of a child. But it imagine is. the world that existed where it was built for children. Yeah. And we could see the world yeah. like children yeah, do. Yeah. So it would be amazing, I have think. Have these children already been in a safe place when you get there? Or are you going yeah, they're in a safe is, place. So the bus well, has already happened. These are well, yeah, this kids. It's both. But this experience was... They're already been okay. Rescued. So in this particular moment, like these kids finally are in a safe place with people that care about them. Yes. Yes. Thank God. Yeah. Well, and the boy that we were going there initially to, to have like a medical exam because they cut off his genitals, oh they cut off his hand, and they'd split his neck open and left him for dead. And some kids found him bleeding in a plastic out. bin. Yeah. Oh my God. A water oh trough. God. Um. Anyways, he was just this. He survived. Soul. He survived. Yeah. Oh, here's a cool part of the story too. Like. Well, this part isn't that cool, but we were all like picking up these leaves and tearing holes and wearing them as masks. How simple is that? Yeah, he only has yeah. one hand and he can't tear a hole. And I just was like, man, you just took something from that kid. Whoever did this took something. Mm. It's so, so simple. Away how, how did your rage? Pull, oh, pull that's what it started. You. I'm getting to the light switch moment. Yeah. That's where it started, right? But he also had severe not really brain damage, but trauma, yeah. dude. So he's not talking at this yeah, point. Yeah, oxygen wasn't getting to his brain as he's bleeding out, left for dead in the middle of the yeah. jungle. Just a massive and trauma. somehow he's saved. By God's grace, he's still around. Like, I don't know what... How does a three-year-old or two-year-old comprehend that? And the dad had guilt because he sent his two boys to go grab some, like, supplies at, like, a mini-mart type of deal. And they got and, stolen. Yeah, I got taken. Fuck. And then... Unbelievable. So then we're there and we're telling them, like, hey... Mm. We're going to get you a prosthetic can, get you a prosthetic implants, yeah. and uh, we're going to be along the way. So as you grow out of them, we're going to help you. Mm-hmm. And the dad, at that moment, I felt like he was rescued because he can't do that for yeah, his child. And yeah, as a parent, you want everything wow. for your child. And 
for us to come in and provide that for his child, I never realized the effect you have on that parent. And if you ever reunite a child with a parent, the parent's dream comes true as well as the child. So there's so much to really talk about. So all these moments are happening. There's this girl, Hope. Um, She actually had her blood drained for about two years, and the lack of oxygen to her brain did make her brain damaged. And she's physically damaged and pretty much paralyzed, but she smiles all the time. She's laying on the floor. and, And so my heart now continues to crumble and break throughout the day. But I'm still like getting overjoyed with their childlike, just they're still children, right? Their spirit is alive. Kindred spirits. And um, and then um, I knew that we were hunting a witch doctor that was doing this stuff, right? I knew that's why we were Mm. there. And um, I go back to my hotel room and I'll never forget this moment because I had 30 different emotions happening simultaneously that didn't make sense to be happening simultaneously. Mm. Like complete inspiration from these young kids and drive, Mm. sadness and the most evil anger I've ever experienced in my life. No doubt. Like, I mean, I was, and I, I shared this with you guys before, but I was taken to gunpoint and held hostage overnight. I never wanted to kill those guys. Still to this day, yeah. I went to a point, and I'm not saying that I ever would, but man, I was borderlining the thought and the feeling and putting into action, like, let's go. Killing Like, you. let's go. This is not right. Like, yeah. why yeah. are you hurting humans even more why are you doing it to children yeah. you i mean i hate bullies man that's yeah, that's yeah. part of why i think i love what i do yeah, now is yeah. we get to be a part of this is like man i've always been a bully killer i've gotten into bad situations because of sticking up for the innocent and yeah. bars and whatever so like really stupid stuff but this was like the most horrific form of bullying that i'd ever experienced or seen in my life and i was concerned and i had to call my wife like wow uh-oh I've, I've, I might have went overboard here because now I'm in a different place. We now, ended up. Yeah, the savage is coming out. Oh, man. It's just what do you expect? How man? do you like, hold that back? You care and so I much. I couldn't understand what was going on in, in it, my body internally. It, it can't, you can't afford to let this happen to anyone else, and you're willing to oh. risk everything to make sure that that person doesn't touch another child ever again. Oh. That instinct to want to like literally silence that person forever and kill evil in real time. Well, and it became my reality was my buddies, like these SEAL guys. I'm like, how do you kick down doors and shoot these guys? Yeah, and he's right. like, I was born to fight yeah. evil. And I was like, dude, you're, that's yeah, awesome. Real you're life so brave, you know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden when that happened, I was like, oh, this must be I what they it. feel. Fuck it, yeah. Oh, they want to go <laughs> ruin evil, right, on the planet. And so that was the light switch moment for me at that point. You know, it put me into therapy, which was awesome, though, because now I have the tools and I'm equipped to yeah, go into situations yeah, that... Because you can't let it destroy you and your family. Yeah, when it, you have it, to, it was started. You got to find a way to turn this into productive energy that can go serve more people. Like if it if it destroys you in the process, what's the point? I mean, there's so many lessons and stories in in Nate's experience, but I'll tell you, like at the end of it, if you're out there listening and you've been bitching about some little weird thing, and you know you you have any reason to complain, you should just silence that voice. Like make a declaration today to silence your complaining, your bitching, and you need to reshift your attitude because there's so many people out there that are suffering, like really suffering. And this is like this, we, you could connect it to anything that helps you get through, but this story is just littered, littered with lessons. Oh, so many. doesn't stop, man. Yeah, it's hard. It just doesn't stop. It's well, did you get the bad guy? <laughs> yeah. We got the witch doctor. We didn't get the guy. The guy went into hiding up in the mountains that paid the guy him. who funded it. Yeah. Okay. So that is, yeah. So, I mean, talk about the, but we're that, getting a lot of them now. The business we got of a sex trafficking. Guys really? We got a full team. In that country, we actually bought another NGO, basically acquired him to um, have a full-time non-government organization, okay. right? so nonprofit. So 
we can operate there 24 seven. And so, and now we're in six regions of the world. We always say the sun never sets. I know you are because literally we're in every, almost yeah. every time zone. of. The, of I, the I know you probably don't know how many lives you've truly touched, but you have an idea of the impact that OUR has had on this industry it's a, of sex trafficking? It's an impossible number, but I can tell you the, the ones that we've single-handedly had our hands yeah. on, um, we've uh, rescued over 7,500. It's incredible. We've arrested nearly 6,000. Yeah. And the interesting number about that the interesting thing about that number is 6,000, the average predator will abuse 117 so children. Yeah, it's it's so huge. Times it by yeah. 117 or wherever they're on their yeah, journey. Yeah. But I think the profound number that we don't talk about that needs to be understood because people are like, well, are you really making an impact? The, the difference of what we do is that we provide local law enforcement and government agencies resources, training, certain things that they need to be able to be impactful. Yeah. Every 50, all the states, all 50 states, but outside the country, we'll, we'll bring all these countries together We'll do these trainings because you got to build these. Everything's online now. We can talk about all the details, but you're building a, a case online. So everything's digital. Only about 2% of the cases physical in most parts where they're actually opening the door and then getting arrested to come do what they committed and already agreed to. Oh, right. Wow. So, yeah. so there's so much that's happening. So we train all these, like we have like nine countries come to one location. We do all this training then we provide them their equipment, like the hardware, the software, the tools to unlock phones yeah. to have all the leads and all that. So we taught them to fish and then they go back yeah. spider web yeah. out and yeah. now they're fishing. And yeah. we've been doing that for 10 years. It's our 10 year anniversary right now. Amazing. And so how many countries and how many departments that we've worked yeah. with all over the world, we have Huge no impact. idea. Yeah. We have no right. idea. You, Cause you planted a seed and that plant just kept growing. Yeah. And I, I don't know what the number is if, if we yeah. wouldn't have assisted with them yeah. at some point. Bottom line is you've you've touched that you know for a fact just through the, your your own like metrics that over 7,000 babies. Can you imagine? I mean, those first of all, like I'm honored to be sitting next to someone like you. How incredible. Like wrap your mind around impact. We keep talking about like, hey, okay, what are you going to do before you're dead that is going to leave a mark on the world worthwhile? Like these are high bars, you guys, but these are the things that really matter, right? Am I wrong here? Or like, I mean, it's, it, uh, it reminds me of something you said when we talked earlier, which was uh, kind of the piece that you. It's hard for you to describe knowing you're you're contributing, like like something. Last one of the last convers conversations we had, you talked about how at peace you are, knowing you know what your mission is, or I can't remember exactly how you framed that, but like. Like you're actually contributing, like something. Can you can you elaborate on yeah, that? Yeah, well, there's really no way to know the true impact. Like you guys won't know the impact of this podcast, really. Yeah. On someone. It could be one person's life, it could yeah, be yeah. a thousand yeah. people's lives. Yeah. But I have seen firsthand the impact that I I have witnessed, like yeah. on a human life. I've seen it. And so just knowing yeah, that, it. that it's you're you're in individual moments. Yeah. You're in like the way their eyes twitch and look at you as you become the hand that like really saves them. Oh, it's man. in those moments. It's not numbers. It's not like how big or how small, like you can connect right into like, like that hug. It's a human. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a story. It's not words in a book. Yeah. This it's should, not. this should inspire people to get involved, to start looking around and say, okay, part of my business plan is I'm going to climb the ladder of success and I'm going to like rip towards my dreams. Like part of it is you're going to have to on my game board of life. I have a game board of life. I teach my clients this. I have a whole thing about impact and philanthropy, um, community. Like there's a box for this. It's part of my plan on how I'm going to attack life. 
this should definitely inspire you to look around and say, okay, if you haven't been doing anything, now's the time. Like this is crucial. I think this is crucial towards getting to the end in a way that's graceful and that's going to like leave you with less regret and less doubt. Like go contribute to innocence and help it. Mm -hmm. Because in my mind, bro, here's what I struggle with. How is this subject matter not firing up every single good hearted human in this country where it's so loud, the noise is so profound and there's so much energy built around it that these motherfuckers are hiding in every single place Mm -hmm. in the country. They're afraid to step out because the overwhelming presence and like, I'll be honest, as I talk about the subject matter more and more as I've learned more and more about it, so many people have this vague understanding of what sex trafficking is. They don't realize like how it touches everyone's life. It could actually happen to your own daughter who's 16, who goes to school in a small town in Coeur d'Alene. And there, right. it, it literally creeps in through the internet. It literally blackmails your daughter. It gets her doing down a dark, ugly path. I mean, there's so many different ways yeah. to be trafficked around, but most people think it's like big storage containers full of, you know, people like that maybe gets bust across the border. You know I mean? They don't realize how slippery of a, a slope this is. It's like a snake. It, it weeds through your neighborhood. But the fact that this is not such an overwhelming topic in the media, like it's like a profoundly overwhelming topic when they debate for the presidential race, like why are we talking about this shit? Why are we not hammering this? Where are all the good people that are saying nothing? Like I just don't feel the overwhelming presence of the fight to go capture the demon and mm. kill it, rip its head off. Like, mm. It's got to be part of the mission, man. Oh, I you uh, that, got it. That gives me a question for you, because like, how is this impacted in the more humble, ordinary day to day of your personal life as a father? Like, when you getting involved with OUR and having children, <laughs> oh, like how oh. how has that impacted your fatherhood and being a like? Because yeah. I'm just thinking of listeners like. Like oh, I can contribute money, and you've mentioned before, Nate, that you money know helps. elderly people, World War II vets, are like, dude, I can't get in the plane and go get the bad guy. Yeah. But I, I love knowing I can support. What your can efforts. I do? Yeah, yeah. What can I do? That like, should if, be the if question. If I'm an ordinary husband, dad, I want to hear when you take off your your superhero cape. Eric loves to evoke that that analogy, like, and go home to your kids. How's this work come into your household? Can you speak to that? Well, look, I I, I was blessed with two boys, but I'm I guess I need to speak to probably men who might have daughters. And I think that what what we see is men need to be men and they need to, yes. and I'm not talking about if you're divorced and separated, doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You need to be a man and you need to be present in your daughter's life. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, if you're not, they will seek that. And I'm yeah. hoping a good point. and you're praying yeah. that they're seeking the best male figure for their life i have three nieces you're not like this shifts how i this think is, about my nieces this is powerful man it answers the question you were evoking eric like what can a man do so say more like, well, like where's the there's a you're saying there's a vulnerability there if a man's not involved he's basically exposing his daughter to yeah these little girls need he's not something. protecting they, they're gonna search for a male figure in their life I'm, they uh, need that yeah. and if they don't have that there for them, they will find it. They're more vulnerable. And they're going to be vulnerable. Man. And those, those sick goes out there, take advantage. see it, know it, take yeah. advantage of it, and they own them yeah. in a sense. Yeah. And they're I mean, so literally. good at it. They're so manipulating. Mm-hmm. And that's, so, how, that's how it slips into good families. Because most people think, oh, my daughters are good. They, re- they were raised in a good home. We're not in the slums. <laughs> you know, we didn't come from Africa. Well, hold on here. Like, I think there may be a bigger problem with the internet. Like, it's, it's actually probably a bigger impact on young 
children's lives just through the, the nature of the internet now mm. than it is in the traditional way that most people see sex trafficking. Mm. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. There's a, I had a, it reminds me of a psychiatrist he framed for me once, like a kid, if they're around like a noble loving parent, when they're around the opposite, they don't have an abstract concept about they that. It. They have an aversion. Yeah. Mm, they don't know why. They can't explain it to you conceptually. But if you're around a man, I love this, Nate. Like if you're around a father who's there for you, it's got dignity and love. If you are ever exposed to the opposite, they have a natural aversion to it. They just, whereas a kid who's not around that loving, dignified container, they don't yeah. have that, yeah. that discernment mechanism is impaired with them, yeah. within them. This may be the biggest point. Fathers in America are probably more important than anything else as it, as it pertains to children in, in this country. The role, the role uh, the male figure plays, like we'll just call it the testosterone. The, the role that testosterone plays in a young child's life is crucial. It's an mm-hmm. element that, that is how this whole thing works. And it, it, it is so profound and it's so important. And I think as we've demasculized, I don't know if that's a word, but if, as we've really pulled like away in society, masculinity is almost like it's a bad thing. It's an evil. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, being strong. Like I've always thought, well, I love this Ronald Reagan quote, peace through strength. Like if you can provide that in your, in your household, safety, like rigidity, like, yeah. you know, courage, strength, fortitude, like grit, willpower, you know, discipline, like these are traits of, of masculinity. And this is how a warrior goes into battle. You know what I mean? And it, and it goes out into battle to protect innocence at, at its core, protect freedom and at innocence and freedom yeah. are, are basically they're, they're the same thing. Yeah. They're tied together. The freedom of a child is, is its innocence. Yeah. So, but if a men's not, are not showing up again, like it's another part of our mission is to really like promote these things that are very important and that mainstream seems to be ripping away from. Well said. You know, I want to touch on something that you talked about as a parent and personal yeah. life in, in, being a dad and i think that yeah. you know the whole timing of this is for me if this would have happened 10 years ago it would have been different for me mm. and um you know tim tim has said this many times but i've experienced this and when you see kids as a parent and um you relate it to your kids and i do this all the time and i try not to these are the tools that i need yeah. is to stop doing this to myself yeah but um I uh, I look at my kids sometimes and I see them doing their things so just almost every day and and I think man it sucks that there's kids out there that don't have this and doesn't every child deserve that yeah, yeah. and then you you ask what can people do and I think the I would ask the question to you whoever's listening this question and I would say if your child if you're a parent and your child was taken and you walked by that room every night and you saw an empty bed, what wouldn't you do? Jeez. It's it's profound. So do it. Yeah. Whatever you got to do. And some people can't go on these missions, but I'm telling you right now, we're a conduit for you to do it. So we are not funded by the government, not funded federally, state, individuals it's light it's army it's human it's soldiers s-o-u-l soldiers Uh, like we are an army of men women warriors Mm. and just talk about it get loud share 
the stories you see on social media, yeah. whatever it is, do podcasts. Yeah. Use your platform. Put attention on this issue. Let's do it. D- don't be quiet about it. We got to make noise. We got to bring attention to the things that are like literally ripping this this world apart. Yeah, what wouldn't you do? Yeah, start a podcast. Like, if it was your was child, you, make it a scene. Picture as like, I'll, I'll die now. I'll die get, over it. How are you get the word out? Whatever it takes. Yeah. And you have to have that mentality. And that's why Tim's such a fierce leader because we were in a crazy situations. Our teams are all the time. And there was a point where it got turned sideways with the cartels and mm. everybody's telling him, don't go there. Don't do this. We can't do this. No, let's pull out and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Dude, if this was your kid, what would you do? Dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, go. Oh, yeah, Shit. you're going, I can't man. wait for this film, man, to get the essence yeah. of that kind yeah. of thing. In, in this film, just real quick, there was a, a story Tim told me about 300 children in, like, a hotel. I know you can't Dude. talk forever on this, but this reality of how easy it is with the internet like how it because in my mind i'm like hold on there's a child there's a hotel in some country i forgot what it was uganda no no no. in south america yeah how does that how is that possible that 300 children can be in one place and they're all getting raped in real time by foreigners that are traveling into town they fly in they get a cat Mm -hmm. taxi they go to this hotel and they have their, their way with children I'll do it real brief. There's a, first of all, there's a four part miniseries coming out later this okay. year called yeah, The Hidden I to War. Promote that. That's right. where this all started. It was yeah, in the well. Ukraine, and then we got into the Hidden War. The Hidden War. Okay. You know, and this is why Tim left the government because you would never be able to do this in the government. Mm. So we got intel from some Dutch police. There was a guy who they were trying to legalize sex with minors, <laughs> and there was this huge thing. You'll see all about it when you see this okay. the, right. the Hidden War. So it was that group. And they fled. And one of them was hiding out in Mexico City. This is all, most of this is already out there for you to see on the internet. Mm. And Tim um, instantly infiltrated this guy and um, mm. set up a meeting. And within six days, and this is all recorded. We watched this go down like it's all out Wild. there now. Mm. And you'll see some of this. Within six days, he's arrested in Mexico City. There's no way you could go. And then that oh, led God. us to South America. This is the Airbnb. It was a, as a homosexual couple that had a sex hotel for people to come and have sex with boys only under the age of 10 and they were paying locals. Under the age of 10? 10 or younger. They were paying locals Ah, like 100 bucks to recruit them. Mm. And then they were enticing these kids because they had video games and candy and all this stuff and blah, 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 and they were feeding them. Yeah, they groom them. They groom them. Yeah, and it was probably like their only real meal a day, right? Anyways, we found out. We got some intel. We put surveillance on them, identified them, worked with the local law enforcement. How many children were in this? Well, the night that it went down, fortunately, there wasn't a whole lot, but the whole community had been tampered by it. I mean, there was kids afterwards crying, and Dad's like, what? And he's like, well, I I always took a bath with my clothes on. Oh, man. And that's like where it would start, you know. But this whole community has been devastated. And then parents started uproar at us because that's where their kids, they thought their kids were just going there to get fed because they were feeding these kids. Oh, yeah, that's how they manipulate. Well, now, so what do we do? Now, we've been providing since last summer hot meal every single yeah. day we continue yeah. to this yeah. the education department donated a building to us we're going to turn that into a kitchen we're going to continue to feed this yeah. not only that but the what it does for that village yeah. uh the devil preys on poverty and i'm telling you what a cool way to end this is in two weeks um we're flying out 10 doctors one is a specialist out of miami who deals with identifying um adolescent trauma down to 18 months and we're going to not only work with the kids and identify and do do physicals but work with the parents to help them understand what's next what's next 
and uh, some dentists and stuff. So we're finding out some free care. And there's about 350 kids that were affected Powerful. by it in that village. Yeah. Well, you're so. amazing, man. I just got to say thank you first and foremost for doing this. I want to just give people an outlet. Is there some place yeah. we can send oh. anyone that might be out there that wants to contribute in any capacity? Just a, a first punch. Yeah. Operation Underground Railroad is the name of the organization. So O-U-R rescue.org. O-U-R um, rescue.org. And um, social media is Our Rescue. So you can. Our Rescue. You know, it's pretty If you could just share some of the content. People share the message, know. please. People share the message. People don't know what's going on. There Check out our YouTube channel. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, eventually it'll, it'll be even more than yeah. what it is. But, man, we our, our YouTube channel is like the old yeah. days, like the cops show, what you can do when they come for you. This is yeah. like legit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is in and reality. It, yeah. and, if, and if people <laughs> don't contribute funds, it's very hard for these guys yeah. to do what they do. So if you, have, do it. Yeah, if you have it, any spare money, share, like it's share crucial. The content, I'm definitely going to be contributing. I challenge you to do the exact same thing. 100%. Yeah. Become an abolitionist, you, man. man. Modern day yes. abolitionist. Yeah. Nate, feel, thank you so much for joining I feel like this thank was such guys. a blessing, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Very more cool. to come anytime. I'm, I'm, I'm around. I yeah. live here. I'm yeah. local. Chapter one. He, yeah. he, he gets the Coeur d'Alene beauty piece. So yes. Yeah, absolutely. number one, right, man. Hey, wow. good luck what to a you story. guys and all this. And this yeah. Excited to see this journey. We love, I mean, I, I just want to say, like, it's so awesome to wrap the show or, or we'll wrap this show, but to have on our first show, the, the show is called Man on a Mission. Something so profound. And, as much as what you're saying, even what you're not saying, it's really clear you have an amazing heart and you're, you're, you're a man. I mean, and I, it, you know, for the things we didn't cover, it was cool to hear some of your stories. A lot of the, yeah, so a lot of these A-list actors and Nate's backstory is they just trust his integrity, his down to earth, mm-hmm. humble way of being. Yeah. And he's so humble about that kind so of lessons. aspect. And, uh, so Eric and I were just like, God, we got like a legitimate man on our first show. Yeah, it worked out. Thank you for Perfect. being here. And, uh, you know, you inspire us and we appreciate everything you said. Yeah. So thank nice. you, brother. Yeah, yeah. All right, you guys. I just want to say, first of all, like not only thank you to everyone that put this together here from the bottom of our hearts, but thank you for watching. Please share this. It's important to try to get some momentum here. We want to drive these stories to inspire change in your life. Um, to do something worthwhile, something noble, so that when you get towards the end of your life, you look back mm-hmm. and you have no regrets. But it starts today. You got to make hard decisions. It starts right now. Thank you for listening.